Welcome to Chip Chat, an interview series that connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. And we're back live from HP Discover. I'm Allison Klein, and this is Chip Chat. Our final interview of the day, I've got Andy Treba, Director of Business Client Strategy and Marketing and GM of Immersive Collaboration at Intel. Is that long enough for you? That is a tongue twister title, if there ever was one. <laughs> and I'm a little jet lagged, but I made it through. Um, Andy, I'm excited to talk to you. Um, I know what you work on, but why don't you tell the audience a little bit about what you're uh, focuses at Intel, and we can dive right in. Sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, so what my team really works on is all of the devices that you end up uh, using for your day-to-day work life, right? So if you think about business notebooks, business tablets, business desktops, all of those that go into your daily life, but also all the other business products like, you know, people don't think about vending machines as business products, but those need to be remotely managed or ATM machines and other things like that. And uh, my guys uh, work on the overall strategy for what we're going to be developing in those spaces. Now, immersive collaboration. It seems like we're undergoing a a vast change in the way we're going to interact with computing and um, do business with computing. Can you tell us a little bit about Intel's vision and and why this is such an important change uh, in terms of the way we use computing? Sure. No, great question. So if you think about most of our jobs, and if you believe in Thomas Friedman's The World is Flat, I mean, and only getting flatter, uh, we interact and we collaborate with people, and that's how we get our jobs done. But yet, you know, the way that we interact today is still crazy cumbersome. You know, why is it that you walk into the conference room, for example, and the conference room, by the way, has no idea that you actually walked into the room? Or why is it that if I wanted to hand you a sheet of paper right now, I would obviously physically do that, but if I wanted to give you a file, you and I actually have to VPN through this AP over here and then maybe hook up on link and then I can share it with you. I mean, all of these super cumbersome things that we do and we manage to get around waste a tremendous amount of time. So what we're basically trying to do is not only make it easier, but also make it feel very real. And you know, you and I sitting across from each other, it feels real. But even in today's best conference rooms and best video, it still just doesn't feel like this. So how do we use all of the perceptual technologies and what have you to go and, and make this feel like you are sitting in front of me? So describe a vision of what tomorrow is going to be like in those same scenarios and what what experiences you're trying to create. Sure, sure. So uh, we'll just stick to the conference room just for one example, right? So uh, we envision a world where you walk into the conference room, your machines and all your devices automatically detect who's in the room with you, automatically connect with one another. So if we want to share files or what have you, we can do that. We automatically connect wirelessly to the projector so we don't have to you know, find a thing that connects to the thing that we always lose and we waste seven minutes trying to find, right? If, if somebody is on the bridge, you know, we want them to be able to feel like they're actually in the room and they could pan around the room and see different people's facial uh, gestures and what have you. We want to be able to not you have to go up to the whiteboard and you know, write on it and then take a picture of it and email it to everyone. We want to be able to use the touch on all of our devices. We want to be able to you know, have real-time language translation so if somebody is in Japan that they can speak in their own native tongue. All of these things require a ton of compute and a ton of integration, and that's kind of the vision that we're working towards. And what kind of devices that you, in that use case that you just described, what kind of devices would be in play beyond, um, you know, my PC or or my phone or my tablet? Yeah, that's a great question, Allison. So, 
Uh, that's one of the beauties also of this overall direction is that we, we tend to get over fixated on any one given device. But if you really believe in Moore's Law and you see all the things that we're doing, not only around Atom and Quark and, and others, uh, computing ends up becoming a part of everything around you. So there's no reason why this table, for example, can't have intelligence in it, the walls around us, the sensor networks, and all just be integrated in a, in a seamless fashion. And again, just going back to that conference room, again, it's certainly the devices around you, it's the desk, it's the walls, it's the smart board, all of these things start integrating in into a seamless fashion. What's the time frame from now to that and nirvana state that we all want? Yeah, no, that's also a great question. So the good news is actually we started now. Uh, one of the things that Kirk's really been driving and certainly BK also is that uh, the days of being able to just wait five years for the next fab or whatever are for the most part over, right? And the best way to do it is actually to drive technologies today and then incrementally improve them over time. So, you know, on the business side, for example, with at IDF, we launched some of our initial technologies to go into this direction. So I would just use one, for example, uh, we launched location-based services so that an IT shop can really understand and map out what it, the various zones are in, inside of their environments. And then that's the first step to be able to do that conference room example to know that, hey, I'm in this conference room and today that doesn't really exist. So we, we launched that on the business side and then on the consumer side, we started doing some optimizations around HD video so that we can uh, lower the bandwidth required but yet deliver an HD quality. And uh, each one of these are incremental technologies to get to that end vision and we'll continue to build on it for, the, uh, for 14 and 15. But certainly, you know, by the time we get to, you know, Sky Lake and, and, the, and the like, I would hope that it's all there, but obviously depending on execution and all that other good jazz. Now, the, the vision that you described, I want all that, but the other thing that I want is to move away from touch or even typing and get into gestures. I want my computer to understand when I'm talking. Yep. What are we doing there? Yeah, so I think gestures are great. Uh, and uh, we're demoing actually some of the gesture stuff here within the booths and, and what have you. But at the end of the day, you want to be able to use whatever type of input that makes sense for that given time, right? So, you know, when you're standing up in front of the room, for example, it makes sense perhaps to, for it to just be aware of your voice and be able to do things such as transcription and translation. Other times it makes sense to, to use gestures. Other times it makes sense to use a stylus. You know, I mean, you want to be able to have multiple uh, modes that you can kind of shift in and out of. And that's why you, you do see a, a pretty big bet on the perceptual technologies. And, you know, certainly BK and Rene are, are big fans of that. But you can also see how that integrates well into all of the immersive collaboration side of the world. Just basically being able to track with us the way we want to communicate in the mode that we want to communicate in. Exactly. I mean, you shouldn't have to learn how to use the technology. You know, my, my two-year-old, when she picks up certain devices, she can just use it, right? I mean, there's, there's nothing that is in my genetics. <laughs> it's certainly nothing that she had learned. It's just something that feels natural to her. And I think that that's something that we haven't necessarily been good at at Intel over the years, but something that we absolutely have to strive for. And as we integrate more and more of these sensors, I mean, that's absolutely a fundamental thing where it's gotta be super simple. You mentioned Quark, you know, at IDF, BK announced that, and I think that that was probably one of the most surprising announcements I've seen from Intel in the world of TikTok. Sure. Most of our announcements are pretty well understood that they're coming. Um, 
where does Quark fit into this vision, and, and why is that so important to accelerating the innovation? Yeah, no, it, it was actually awesome, because Intel, we have a really uh, hard time keeping secrets, and that one felt like, even to Intel employees, a lot of people didn't actually even know that that existed, so fantastic. Uh, but Quark is just even the, the next iteration, right? Where again, as that Moore's Law's curve continues to go down and to the right, and the, and the denominator of Moore's Law is something that people don't pay attention uh, enough to, which is the, the cost per transistor. And with Quark and being able to you know, embed it into you know, tables and all these other things around you and actually have that vertical solution is fantastic. But what I'm actually excited for is actually you know, what's beyond Quark. Uh, you know, not only as that takes up the Intel uh, processes and you know, goes from 14 to 10 to 5 and, and what have you, uh, but also as we can get a whole lot um, more embedded in all the things that we do. Right, so if you think of uh, Google Glasses, for example, or the watches, uh, great first steps from a wearable perspective, and it brings additional context into your day-to-day, -day, but it's still just a first step. It gets even more exciting when you actually can't even see the technology. Right. It almost seems like these, uh, these first examples are, are perfect examples of new ways that we interact with computing, and it almost trains us to think about computing in a different way, and then you see it explode. So, you know, an example would be Facebook. You know, we didn't, first time I saw a Facebook page, I had no idea why I would use it. Now it's pervasive, and tons of other social engagements are pervasive as well. You know, the, the wearables of Fitbit, you know, a new model of a use case of how people interact with computing in a different way. So you think that there's the, something that's even beyond there. Where, what are you seeing? Yeah, you know, where, where things get even more exciting is when literally the devices disappear. And, uh, you know, I know that uh, Brian Johnson and, and some of our futurists kind of talk about this, but um, when it's just integrated in all the things that we have, but actually uh, interact with one another, it, that's when it actually starts getting super excited. So you're not having to, to wear uh, something on your wrist, or you have to not having to have to wear glasses. Like literally, it's you know, it's your contacts. It's you know, in your clothes, and it's all a part of our day to day that we interact with. So you don't even have to carry anything, perhaps. You know, I mean, if you were able to walk up to a resource, and that resource is in enough places, there's no sense for you to even have to carry it anymore. So. Uh, it's literally an exponential curve as far as the amount of innovation that we can unleash in industry, and and we're just at the beginning. Final question for you. Um, it's the end of the 2013. We've accomplished a lot in 2013 in terms of the industry and computing. When you look forward to 2014, do you have any predictions about what are the key themes and the and the topics that are maybe at the beginning of of our consciousness now? but are gonna be the hot topics of the next year? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, part of me uh, goes back towards the execution side because, you know, we've laid a great foundation with all the things that we announced in 13, whether that be, you know, uh, the work that we've done on the PC side around two-in-ones, the work that we've done with the uh, uh, MCG side and, you know, winning tablets, the work that we're doing around the OS port of choice and Android and what have you, the work that we've done with Quark. So, in my opinion, 14 for the most part is making a lot of that real. 
Um, and then setting up for you know fantastic levels of convergence you know towards the tail end of 14 and, and beyond. So I know from the business side we're, we're super excited about the next generation technologies and going fanless with your PCs and what have you. But it's it's when I lo start looking you know two or three steps beyond that things get even more exciting. Well, Andy, thank you so much for being on the program. I've I've been looking forward to this interview. It's gonna. Uh, would love to have you on the show again as you guys make progress towards this vision. Uh, probably the most interesting area of technology innovation going on right now in terms of changing the way people interact with, with their computing devices and, and changing the way the world works in terms of pervasive use of, of technology. Um, why don't you just tell us what you're doing at uh, HP Discover in case anyone wants to connect with you here. Yeah, sure. So um, HP's obviously been a huge partner of ours for many years. It has, actually has a soft spot in my heart because I was actually on the uh, HP team many, many moons ago. So uh, for Discover here, I'm actually uh, leading a, a, a keynote uh, in the Innovation Theater. Uh, that talks a bit about the future of business devices. And I believe that that's actually going to be uh, online so that people can, can view uh, that particular keynote. Uh, but it's great to have a, a full team here. It's great to see the MIA side of the world. So certainly appreciate you having me on the show. Fantastic. Well, Andy, thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you.